0: you are listening to In the Booth, a politics podcast from the Frederick News Post. My name is Jack Hogan and I cover county and state politics. In the weeks leading up to the November 8th general election, we've been interviewing candidates for Frederick County Executive and the Frederick County Council to help voters get to know the candidates they'll be voting for. Today's guest is Juliana Lufkin, a self-employed homeschool teacher, caterer, and blacksmith and the Democratic nominee in the race for the District 5 seat on the Frederick County Council. District 5 covers the northern part of Frederick County. Lovkin's opponent on the Republican side is Mason Carter, who graduated from Walkersville High School in May. Juliana, welcome to the newsroom, and thanks for joining me here in the booth.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jack.
0: To start off, can you just walk me through your decision to run for county council?
1: Definitely. So uh, over the course of the pandemic, um, obviously I, the whole world was in upheaval, um, and I looked around the world and the country and the county and realized that I was not having the effect on my community that I had hoped to have. Um, I also turned 30, so which was a nice little kick there to get things moving along. Uh, And the midterm election was coming up, and I talked to the Central Committee and realized that there was not anyone talking or thinking about running for county council as a Democrat in District 5. Um, And it seemed like somebody should. I I didn't want it to be unopposed.
0: What do you feel is the most important issue in the county council race?
1: So, uh... Unfortunately, I feel like it's come down to partisan politics, which is a shame. Uh, I My view of party politics is that county council is just barely big enough for it to be a partisan race. Um, so I feel like a, a lot of folks in this race will be voting straight ticket one way or another, which is a shame rather than voting for issues independently.
0: You talk about how partisan the race is. You know, are there certain... Issues that the county council has has power over that you've seen become especially partisan or that you've been trying to focus in your campaign? So a
1: lot of the focus in my campaign um, has been on, uh, like, reducing food insecurity for Frederick County public school children by connecting local farmers with the school system. Um, That as well as... um, just being a voice for the rural areas, being a voice for farmers and the more rural landowners, um, getting uh, reliable transportation out, reliably, reliable, reliable transportation reliably, out to the more rural areas um, so that folks can commute into the city um, to reduce carbon emissions. It helps the Alice population. Um, it's sort of good for, good for everyone that way. Uh, so those two, and then uh, bringing broadband... Helping, being a voice for that, coming more quickly to the rural areas, to Sibyllisville and Thermont, and the places that need it the most.
0: Like to nail down on Mm -hmm. those those three topics. You talk about food food insecurity in Frederick County. It was Frederick County Public Schools. Yes. Do you have any? specific proposals or changes that you'd look to bring as a council member toward that end?
1: So there are currently two nonprofits here in Frederick working to connect farmers and producers and providers with the school system. And I believe that with an advocate on the council, they would be able to achieve that more widespread and more quickly. So the numbers before the pandemic, it was estimated that a third of Frederick County public school children suffered from food insecurity. And in such a rich agricultural county, a third of our county are is farmed currently, uh, and that is devastating. That, that we have kids who are going hungry and farmers who are selling out of state, uh, and also having a program if we could institute a program that would connect the farmers with the school system, I feel that we would be able to then offer incentives to the farmers for better soil management, um, land preservation. It sort of sees us down, uh, sees us provided for down the line not just for feeding children, but also for the farmers. And even a small amount of reliable income for a farmer is useful.
0: And then you talked about improving transportation options in rural areas. As a council member, what could you do to uh, build upon what the county's been doing or bring new initiatives? Uh, What would that look like?
1: Not really new initiatives um, specifically, but more... um, being I feel like being a voice for the northern part of the county and saying, no, we need the same things that the southern part of the county has. We need the bus routes to extend out more than once a day. We need more um, uh, bicycle routes so that folks in the northern part of the county have options for getting into the city that are not own a car and drive on 15.
0: You talk about being a voice and an advocate for community members. Uh, what What kind of proposals have you been hearing from community members that you'd seek to advocate for on the council?
1: Uh, mostly what I've been hearing is the need for, what I've spoken about, the need for reliable um, public transportation or alternative transportation methods, um, broadband. Um, most people, so just speaking to the food insecurity, it seems like a lot of folks, even with kids in school, don't quite realize the extent uh, that food insecurity is present.
0: I know the, the third thing you mentioned is improving broadband access. Are there any Proposals or policy initiatives that you would seek to initiate as a council member, or, or just what what would you look to do to improve access?
1: Definitely. So, um, in my view, um, I am very appreciative of the work that Michael Blue has done for District Five on the council. Um, it's been a great four years. I feel like the council has gotten a lot done, um, and also I feel like District Five often gets shunted to the back of the list um, in terms of improvement. Um, you know the. Money that's coming now to fix 15 is wonderful, but it's a drop in the bucket for the infrastructure improvements that we need up in North County.
0: So it sounds like in improving funding for, for 15, is, it, is that also what you look for to initiate for broadband as well and improve funding? For... Improve funding
1: and uh, ensure that the North County gets put to the top of the list for the broadband coming.
0: Heading into a term on the council, what would you say is your number, and I know we just discussed a few, but your number one legislative priority?
1: Uh, I would say those, those are probably my top three legislative priorities. Um, but I will say that, you know, my view of local government and government in general is that it is work. It's not a fight. It's not, it's not anything like that. It's a job. And you, you come into the job and you do your research, and it's not as glamorous as I think a lot of folks think it is. It's a lot of research and reading and careful consideration and collaboration. Um, it You have to be bipartisan to get anything done. Um, so listening to what other folks have to say, working together for the good of the county. We all have the good of the county in mind.
0: I want to shift into some policy that the, ca- the current council has been working on mm-hmm. over the past few weeks and actually just concluded. Uh, the last week of October county council passed a plan to preserve Sugarloaf Mountain Mm -hmm. and the area that surrounds it, but it pushed a decision on development restrictions in the area to the next council, which you're running for and which will take office in December. Just for a little bit of background for people listening, with the overlay zoning district that outlines standards for the scale, intensity, and impact of development and prohibited certain land uses. Um, no longer part of the plan. Some council members weren't sure what was left to vote on. This is something that they expressed during the mm-hmm. meeting that they voted um, when they voted on the plan. If you were a member of the council, would you have voted to approve the sugarloaf plan?
1: I would have I would have voted to approve the sugarloaf plan. Um, and I'm sure that most of the folks who were running uh, were disappointed to hear that some of it is going to be lumped uh, onto the next council's plate, that it sort of kicked the can down the road a bit. Um but yes, I would have voted in for, in favor of the sugarloaf plan. I think that the initiative was good. Um and I will if elected will vote for the to continue the good work that's being done there.
0: You touched on it a little bit. Yeah, my, my next question mm-hmm. was whether or not the you think the next council should bring the overlay zoning district back for another vote that and just going back to the vote that the council had uh last week before voting on, the, on what was left of the plan, the council remanded the overlay back to the county's planning commission. Mm-hmm. But the next council can still bring it forward for a vote. Is that something you would look to do? Or how do you feel about, about I, the
1: overlay? Um, I'm very grateful for all the work that has been done so far. And I do think that there's probably more work that needs to be done. So sending it to the planning commission was a good move. Um, and I will be interested to see what the planning commission sends back to see what the next steps would be. But I, again, I am in favor of the Sugarloaf plan in favor of land preservation um in favor in favor of sort of curtailing uh carte blanche development rights um
0: sticking with mm-hmm. land use here yeah. the county has already begun meeting with community members about the next regional plan in the livable frederick master plan which the sugarloaf plan is a part of this one is called the south frederick corridors plan It'll examine an area south of Frederick along Maryland 355 Urbana Pike and Maryland 85 Buckystown Pike, which is the second most economically significant region of the county to Frederick City. Goals for the plan, and this is from the plan documents, include reinforcing and creating economic strengths and assets, supporting existing business and industries, and fostering innovation and opportunities. So it's a different plan than the Sugarloaf area plan, which mm-hmm. focused more so on preservation, but how can the county prove its public process for this plan compared to the process that it had for the Sugarloaf plan?
1: Definitely. So um, my view of the Sugarloaf plan, um, I think... Uh, I do appreciate that they were, the council was trying to speed things along to, in hoping to get it all done in this legislative section. Um, but more transparency, a longer lead up to it with more availability for meetings, uh, for public comment. The availability to uh, make public comment virtually has been fantastic. And I think it's really opened the doors for things. But I would like to see that at uh, public hearing meetings as well as just council meetings. Um, but meetings held in the area that's going to be developed with as much lead time as possible for the citizens in that area to react and share their views.
0: Another issue that the next council may have to decide on is what to do with property of the county purchased at Himes Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, for a little bit of background, the council approved that it was a $20 million purchase of a 26-acre property along Himes Avenue, and it includes a 209,000-square-foot facility currently used for COVID vaccine clinics. Or no longer. I'd...
1: I think they just stopped it, using they it. just yeah. yeah,
0: you're right. The county purchased the property with intentions of accelerating large projects, like building new county offices, relocating the 911 call center, and potentially adding a library to the west side of the city. What do you think the property should be used for?
1: I uh, would like it to be... So, again, I... I... I'm grateful for all the work that has been done. And I think more transparency with the purchasing of that property would have been a better move. Um, And maybe clearer about what plans might have been at the beginning, because I feel like the public, uh, what's been touted is uh, county offices and a library, and there's not much else that's been suggested. Um, so I would be interested in hearing what other options are. Um, there's so much space there. It seems like we could do a number of things. Um, but the library is a very hotly contested issue. Um, as I'm sure Jack, you're aware, and also folks who are listening to this, it's, it's been all over social media. Um, So I think rushing into anything would be a mistake. Um, I would be interested to know more about it, know more of the options, Um, but definitely county offices moved out. I think there was also talk about moving all the servers out there so that they would not be uh, at Winchester Hall, which seems like a good idea to relocate those out. So we have more room in Winchester Hall itself. Downtown Frederick does have finite space. So relocating out seems like a good plan.
0: What else would you look to accomplish during a four-year term on the council that I haven't asked about?
1: Those are really the beginning. I would be I would be content to start with those uh, and see what what shakes down from there. Uh, and I think it's a little foolish to go in with a strong four-year plan. Like I. I Would like to have like a rough outline of oh I'd like to accomplish these these goals that I've laid out um, already in this in this interview Um, but to say um, oh to have a very structured four-year term uh, doesn't leave a lot of room for things that come up that would be important like no one expected that the coronavirus pandemic would happen Um, and I think that it may have derailed some of the things that the current council had planned to do it uh, sort of foreshortened a lot of things. So having space to say, who knows what will happen? The world is in upheaval. Let's see, let's see how things go. I have some plans. I'd like to hear what other people on the council's plans are, see what we can all work together to accomplish.
0: Another thing I wanted to ask about is the, the current council member in the seat that you're running for, mm-hmm. um, Republican Michael Blue, endorsed you rather than the republican nominee for the seat mason carter he did and how have you seen his endorsement of of you a democrat influencing the race for the seat a seat representing a republican part of the county
1: i think that it uh, i mean we'll see right the numbers aren't in yet we have about a, i think exactly a week before we find out um, but my hope is that that will be a game changer getting uh, Mike Blue's endorsement. I was honored and grateful to receive it that he sat down and had a conversation with me and we had a long discussion. Um, and at the end, he offered to endorse me. I did not seek it out. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, I think we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm very interested to see how that shakes out uh, among moderate Republicans and independents in District 5. I did send out a mailer to 5,000 Homes uh, expressing that, that he, i I'm here to work bipartisanly, that I have received his endorsement, uh, and I'm interested to see how that pans out in a week.
0: And In his endorsement of, of you, one of the things that he brought up was that uh, your opponent, who is 18 years old and just graduated from Walkersville High School in May, was um, just too young to run for the council. Is that, mm-hmm. is that a view you share, or how do you feel about his age?
1: Uh, it's, it's almost not about his age. I, what I, what concerns me is his inexperience. He could be my age. He could be 31 and have not had experience and I would be equally concerned. I have no political experience and neither does my opponent, but I have gone to university and I've had a job for 16 years and live in a house and pay taxes and live in the world. Um, and I feel like those are things that he has not necessarily done yet, uh, which is concerning to me.
0: All right. Well, Julian, I really appreciate you uh, taking some time to come in and join me in the booth here and, and coming into the newsroom.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And for giving us all the opportunity for this podcast. It's been wonderful.